This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago and beyond, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 649, and Cecil, I want you to know, buddy... I see what you've been doing. What's that? I see it. For 647 episodes, the last two weeks withstanding, the notes, guys, have always appeared to my left. And I can look over to my left and I can see the notes and I can see what show number we're on. Oh, but for two right. weeks, That's two weeks, I've done for that. two yeah, weeks, yeah. he's put me on notice, motherfuckers. Okay, he's put me on over. notice. Will Tom remember two, the number? We have two monitors. I can't show you <laughs> my monitor, which Tom isn't allowed to see because right. I'm looking at porn at the time. And then <laughs> three quarters of the time. And then there's this monitor, which is the big monitor that Tom and I can see. And you're right. I have been moving. And it, it is. I have gotten it right, though. You did get I gotta it right. give. You this is the moment right. where I give myself you props. You did get it right. Tom. I want to give you props too. Okay. But I also want to talk about a hurricane. That just, yeah. I want to talk about the hurricane. So a couple of interesting things yeah. happened. One, there is a quick moving Ian. Which is, <laughs> that's it. That's crazy to me. Um, and, uh, but in any case. Also, because of Ian, a lot of people don't have internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Um, but, but this week, uh, there's been a, uh, there was a story about uh, DeSantis reaching out to Biden and yes. Biden saying, yeah, sure. Of course. Instead of like, I don't know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna help you out because I don't like uh, you. You gotta yeah. tongue my taint yeah, for a good exactly. 30 minutes. You gotta say how great I am and that I won the last election Here's or whatever. Can you yeah. make that ask with my balls uh, in your actual I, mouth? I, I, it's so refreshing it to yeah. have a commander in chief who's just like, Oh, you need help because you're part of America? Sure, I'll help you. Right. And then he does. Oh, let me check my civic fucking responsibilities yeah. list. Yup, turns out that's on them. It blows me away that we went through four years <laughs> of a guy drawing Sharpie on a fucking storm I, oh and my then God. like blaming California for their wildfires. Dude, and like, here's something you probably don't even remember because you can't remember it all. Do you remember Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico? Yes, we threw the we threw the paper, threw towels, the paper at towels at people. Do you remember him being like, "Ah, we don't want to help the Puerto Ricans or whatever"? He's like, he's like they could get it from their own country or whatever. <laughs> and he's just, like, "Swap it yeah. out for Greenland." Just Fuck like, it. Um, you don't even understand what your fucking what your job description is. But in any case, here's what I want. Here's the one thing I want to talk about. You know, it's sad. It's yeah. a, a lot it's of It's horrible. It's tragic. It's, and it's fuck. a ton of destruction. Like it's genuinely a ton of destruction. And it's really limiting our Florida downloads. Straight, <laughs> straight up, straight up the middle of Florida too. I yeah, mean, I know, just man. Absolutely the whole thing. 
And, you know, I've been paying attention to my Facebook because there are some, you know, some listeners and people who I'm acquainted with who are in Florida. So yeah. I'm paying attention to that sort of thing. But I want to say, and I want to I want to see if there's some way we can maybe start a petition or get this started. There needs to be a moratorium on reporters standing in the wind. Dude, thank you. What the fuck are you doing? Like, we know how wind works, man. We know it's fucking windy. You don't have to stand out there like a jackass and get hit by a tree. <laughs> that like, tree guy like is... What the fuck is happening, man? I fucking, that footage. And the other thing too is a lot of that footage is put upon. Like you guys have seen, I'm sure you've all seen the like candid outtakes where somebody's standing and the rain is going sideways, but it's like 45 miles. Like you can stay and some guys like cut and then the guy just stands up and walks. Yeah. It's just like a lot of that footage is just like bullshit put upon nonsense. I don't need you to stand in the middle of a hurricane for me to understand that when you tell me the wind's 130 miles an hour, I'm like, that sounds fast. It's just crazy that we we live in a culture where we need to see a guy standing in the hurricane to tell us there's a hurricane. All right. Like, uh, I, we have fucking weather models. We have satellites. We have all this. Sh you don't even have to be there, man. We know what's happening. There's... Cameras, it's like it's like you show a camera, it's like, well, it's whipping around a palm tree, but what will it do to a middle-aged white guy? <laughs> like, I want to is I wanna, that a scale that we should have? I want him to like fucking fly these guys like a kite. That's I would watch what that. I want. That's what I want to see. Okay. It's outrageous. It happens Cecil fucking hurricane. Here's our here's our new pledge drive. All right. Weatherman in a squirrel suit in a hurricane. In a squirrel suit in a hurricane. Oh man, you know he's gonna oh. fucking turn it and bite it though. You know he's gonna get up like 15 feet in the air and then he's gonna like, he's gonna freak out and just be like, because when you were a kid and you had oh. kite, you pull it up, pull it up, pull up, and then it fucking just detonates on the ground. Have you ever successfully flown a kite? Yeah, many times. I've literally never successfully really? flown a kite. I here's a list of things Tom has never successfully done. I have never hit a baseball, mm -hmm. I have never successfully flown a kite. We should go to the batting cages. We should go it. to a batting yeah, cage. We I go would, to the batting cages. I wonder what that would be like. I bet you could hit. I bet you'd hit it. I bet you'd hit Maybe. it. Maybe. I haven't it tried to hit a baseball. You'd swing a couple times, and then you'd be like, oh, okay, I think I know where it is. I get it. You'd hit yeah. it. Yeah, right. But yeah, I, I would go out to fly a kite, and I would never be able to get that fucking yeah. thing in the air. I'd get it in the air for like a hot minute, would dive down and break one of the plastic, plasticky things, or it would be in a tree. It'd be immediately in a tree. I, there could be one tree in all of the entire prairie state of Illinois. And my kite's in that fucking tree. <laughs> right next to the fucking weatherman. <laughs> Your eminence, it's not a joke. I'm telling you, man, the ceremony's a big mistake. The Catholic Church does not make mistakes. Please, what about the church's silent consent of the slave trade? And its platform of non-involvement during the Holocaust? All right. Mistakes were made. All right, so this story comes from AP News. I just grabbed this one today. Church defends... Nope. Churches. See, you have to make yeah. that correction because it makes churches. it worse. Churches Multiple defend churches. clergy loophole in child sex abuse reporting. This has been happening for years. This course. is... Yeah. Yeah, so this is a particular law in Utah... It's like House Bill 690 or something. Doesn't matter. And what it would say is like, hey, you know what? There's mandated reporters for if you hear about child abuse, you have to fucking say something. Sure. And that law is in place because of fucking course it is. Right, right. Right? And then there's a carve out, which is if you're clergy, any clergy, mm -hmm. and you hear about child abuse... You can just be like, nah, man, 
I'm going to let that shit slide. Well, that's between me and the person. That's between me and God yeah. and whoever's confessing it or chatting with yeah. me about it right. or like asking to trade notes with me about it or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And like the Mormons are like, mm -hmm. absolutely not. The Catholics, Catholics are, are like, right absolutely yep. not. Yep. Absolutely. They, they're like, oh, this, this violates the, the fucking seal of confession. This, some little kid's seal is being violated. Yeah. The only seal you should be worried about being violated is some fucking Dude, little kid. Fucking and and the worst part is, is that this is not just because it's been proven time and time and time again that it's not just that there's a guy somewhere outside extra church who is doing this and they find out and then they counsel him and then he stops. Or right. Whatever, yeah. Right. Right. What's been proven time and time again is that you know, one of the major reasons why they want this, there's two, I think, major reasons they want it. One is so that they can cover up their own abuse. Right? Absolutely. Yep. So that they can they can look at the people who come in to see them and especially the priests, right? The priests that talk to each other, they can say, I have immunity to telling the law about this so that when, you know, I'm Monsignor and somebody comes in and tells me, I don't immediately have to go out right. and, and, and turn them in. The other thing is, the other reason why, and that's the Catholic Church. I don't know how the structure works in the Mormon Church. I have no idea either. But I do know it works. Uh, how uh, I mean, we've seen the inner workings of this in all the ex the the uh, the journalism that has exposed this. Mm -hmm. That they've shuffled priests around, and that and that many people higher up have known this. Yes. So we know that it worked. How it works in the Catholic. No church. secrets left. I don't know about the Mormon Church, but I mean, I would suspect it's probably pretty similar. Sure. Um. But the other thing that they that the reason why they don't want to do this. I think, and this is something that they never touch on in the in the article, and it's something that you can see as an atheist, is that the if you break the chain that they have between their parishioners and them to saying there are things that that the that the people get to know, mm. and it's not just between you mm. and God. Right. They're taking away sort of the primacy of the priest to be Very able true. to have that conversation with God on their behalf right. in that intercessory way, intercessionary. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. But you know yeah, what but I, mean. I know what you mean, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. In that way to like be like, I'm the one who's sort of representing you right. and I'm having this conversation and then that I can reach up to God and say, here's your penance or whatever. They're taking that link out when the, suddenly there's something the priest can't do. Absolutely, and yeah. I think nobody really talks about that because they're not looking at it as an atheist. Yeah. They're looking at it as a person who might be believing or might be trying to, you know, couch the, you know, couch yeah. their, you know, their comments around the belief. I also one of the things that's particularly galling about this is if you are a person confessing some heinous crime, and you confess this heinous crime to your priest or your cleric of whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what, what they're called in the Mormon church. Elders or, or something. Yeah, your sure. elders I or guess. whatever. I don't know, yeah. Most of the Christian religions, they all allow, they all create some kind of like penance for forgiveness model. Sure. And what that naturally sort of suggests is there are crimes that you can commit and then you can pay a price. And then by paying that price, you have transactionally rounded the circle. Yeah. So yeah, all right, like, you, you went out and you like, you, you fucked some kid and that kid never gets justice. That kid never gets to face their accuser. That kid never gets to know. But you, it centers the entire conversation around the abuser. Sure. Around the perpetrator. Yeah. It decenters the victim. 
the forgiveness model for Christianity is problematic for these kinds of crimes. It, because like at some point, if you're like driven to do this kind of shit, you can be like, yeah, I'll just do that. It cost me six Hail Marys. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. sort of like, I know they don't sell indulgences anymore, but it's also like, yeah, you sort of do. Yeah. Because if I can do something to be forgiven, then like, I know what the price is. Yeah. And I just have to decide like, what's my fucking risk or cost reward benefit here. And I can be like, yeah, all right. And I, I want to do this horrible thing. And it's going to cost me this uh, bad week in a community service. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what's interesting, too, is how much power these institutions have over the political process. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, just how much power. You know, when you think about cons your constituents as a politician, you think, yeah, some of them might be Catholic or some of them might be Mormon. And I guess in Utah, a lot more of them might like be Mormon, Mormon than Catholic. Yeah. But, you know, you think about this rule and you're like there's a lot more people with kids yeah but it turns out that these that these groups have so much sway over the people that they control you know or you know they're part of their flock or whatever right. they have so much control over them that they will basically do whatever they want and in in many cases this these bills just get crushed and they said something like 33 states or something have one of these laws on where you basically, you the priest knows and no one else has to. That's, fuck, I, I'm, it's 2022. It's 2022. There's a reason for all the same reasons that we want anyone at all to be a mandated reporter. Yeah, man. Right? And like, morally speaking, everybody is a morally mandated reporter. There is no moral, as soon as you find out that some innocent person yeah. is being victimized in some way, you, there, you, are a moral, you are a morally mandated reporter. We, we also now have legally mandated reporters. And those are teachers and other people that are like fucking in charge of things and have like this position of trust in society. That's why we separate our teachers. And that's why we say teachers are mandated reporters. These other characters, these other job titles. It's because the trust and the faith that kids have and the relationships kids have, there's nothing special or different about a priest. Nothing at all. Yeah. They should be mandated reporters. If, if a, if a kid, and I don't know how this would work. I know that like, as the way this is framed is like, if, if somebody confesses to a crime, then the priest does not have to report that crime. Like a, you know, I, I, hey, I'm I'm here to say I'm a horrible fucking pedophile monster. Yeah. But what if the kid goes to the priest? What if the kid goes to the priest and says, hey, you know, this terrible thing is happening to me? Do they have to report it then? I don't think so. Yeah. I think priests are just fucking exempt entirely. They just or don't like have to say anything. They have yeah. to say shit. Yeah. And it, and we talk about this. We actually talked about this in the book. But one of the things too that they do is try to protect their brand. Yes. And this happens all the time where they're so worried about how this will stain their brand that they're willing to push it under the rug and never talk about it and never and and always be the ones to make sure that it gets it gets, you know, either pushed under the rug, the people get sent off, whatever it is, but it's all just to keep protecting that brand over and over. But, you know, in my opinion, there's nothing you can do to tarnish that brand because yeah. all this, all this, all yeah. this fucking reporting has come out for at this point, two decades, right? 2003 uh, yeah. ish was when the big sort of exposés on the Catholic church started coming out. And 
since then, what has really happened? Literally nothing. You know, nothing. I mean, you know, some, some fines, some some dioceses have gone broke. Mm -hmm. You know, some some of that stuff has happened. There's been some people who have won some money, but you know, with the horror, the fresh horrors that pop up every single day. Yeah, I, it's it, there is nothing at this point that the Catholic Church can do to put off the people that are still in the Catholic Church. Yeah, that's what I've that's what I've just yeah. decided. It's yeah. like if you are still and I, I like there are people in my life that I respect that are Catholic and I'm fucking floored by it because some of them are like really aggressively decent and moral people. And I'm just like, how the fuck do you reconcile everything you want about who you are with this monstrosity of a thing? It's I can't make heads or tails out of it. Yeah, I think it's like I think they see it like a lot of people see not all men. Right. Sure. Where they see it as like like. Few yes, bad apples. Yes, the church is bad, but yes. And and the thing is, is like the church is bad, but then so is the structure that keeps on perpetuating it over right. and over. But I think that they see it in a way that they're just like, they're like, yeah, but but like my local priest is good. And and they might be right. They might be. They might be very right. Yeah. You know, he could they, that person or my local nun groups of nuns, they might be right. They could be very good people. I don't want to discount that every single person no. in the Catholic Church is an evil person. And I don't want to say that either. But I, yeah. I recognize that the that the ruling structure of the Catholic Church is an abomination. Terrible. It's an absolute disgusting organization that continues to basically put little kids and at risk and then also has, has tried to swipe under the rug Years of not only abuse, but murders and kidnappings and horrible shit. It's crazy shit. Let's, let's shit. talk about this story from Spain. It's a, it's a good dovetail. Now, this is a long article, so we can't go into all of the details, but this is a story from the New York Times, and I, I had the New York Times Magazine. Yeah. So it's a, it's a longer form piece, but this is something I had no idea about, but taken under fascism, Spain's stolen babies are learning the truth. So... Essentially, when Franco was in power, which was all the way up until the 1970s, the mid-1970s, when Franco was in power, the, he, they were aligned with the fucking nuns at the Catholic Church, yeah. women, poor women, unwed women, etc., whatever woman that they decided was an undesirable woman, they would go to these fucking hospitals, they would give birth to babies, the nuns would be like, that baby died, go home, and then they would keep the baby and then sell that baby mm -hmm. So they would kidnap a woman's baby, mm -hmm. lie to her and traumatize her. And then traffic And it. then human traffic that child yeah. for money yep. to wealthy Catholic families. Yeah. And this is like an organization. This isn't like some one, one weird, weird rogue nun. Yeah. You know, this, this is a structural yeah. element. It's systemic. Yes. It's the whole system is doing this. This is not just one person. This is not just one church or one hospital that happens to be right. run by the church. It's many, 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 it's all of them, right? Yep. And then there's and there, there's multiple people in this article that find out that their parents weren't their parents, but they tried to keep it quiet from them their whole life. And then their parents are gone and they're looking through their papers and like, holy shit, I was adopted. Right. And then they're trying to find their birth parents because- and then they and then they sort of uncover, and this isn't like a reporter. This is a person. Yeah, this is a, some lady. Just a lady. She starts to uncover that this has not just happened to one person. This happened to so many people who gave birth, and then somebody comes in and says, "You had twins last night," and then you can go see them, and then says, "Oh, 
um, we're giving those twins up for adoption. And she said, no, I don't want to give up my, my babies for adoption. And then when she went to go see them again, they're like, oh yeah, your kids died. Yeah. And then showed them two bigger babies. Like they just like weren't just, they were just two baby corpses that were and not so, those they're babies. They're just like the show corpses. They literally stole Haul them. out the show yeah. corpses. They literally stole this lady's babies. They just like, steal literally them. Like you're a fucking, like are you like living in a house full of candy? Like, <laughs> what is happening, man? It's like a house made of candy. Like, it is. like, this is like the evil from your childhood. Yes. It's, the, you're right. It's grim fairy tales it is. evil. Yes. Yeah. It's like, is there a witch? Or am I going to be thrown in an oven? Will this story rhyme there's, at any point? Yes. It, there, there is a witch. <laughs> and it's the nuns. It's the nuns. It's the nuns. Like, there's, like, you look, when you're a kid, you know, everything's so black and white in those stories. There's an evil whatever. Yeah. It's the same thing here. Dude, this is a black and white this story. This is a black and white story. There's no, there is no, like, possible contextual moral argument that you can make for stealing someone's baby and selling it. Yeah. Like, I don't care. I don't care if you're dressed like a penguin while you did it. That literally does not change. It doesn't change. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's the same thing as if I steal a baby out of a pram and run real fast until nobody catches me, which is unlikely, and then turn around and sell that baby Why to you Joe Stranger. Pram, though? A buggy? A yeah. pram? A stroller. Pr a stroller. There you there go. There you go. I don't know why it took me a hot minute. I've been watching a lot of British TV. Okay. Like, I've like, been watching a lot of like, British what did, TV. Did, what did, did, you take, did you take the lift to get up here? Like, what the fuck? I threw the baby in the boot. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of British you TV, my friend. You dude. I was like, Pram. Pram. What the fuck are the you fuck is going about? on over there? What the fuck is happening in your life? You're like, motherfucker, you're born in the Midwest like I was. Pram, please. It's a goddamn stroller, oh, man. Tom. Next week, your fingers are going to swell up like fucking <laughs> King Charles. Uh, also, I do want to point out, too, because there was a story earlier this year about the uh, incestuous relationship that the Catholic Church, and specifically the Pope, had with Nazi Germany. Now you've got this terrible relationship, this terrible dictator, Franco, fascist Italian dictator. It says something that these horror show regimes find such ready allies in the Catholic Church. Sure. It, I, I would I would argue that they find it in religion in general because look at the look That's at the true. fascist wing of our country. You're right. You're not wrong. Look at the fascist wing you're of our wrong. country yep. and look at how they've grabbed on to the evangelical church. Yep, you're right. You're look exactly right. Look at what right. they've done. And it religion and fascism are fucking a marriage right. made, made in, in heaven. <laughs> they are though. Because, yeah. you know, you're just trading one omnipotent power for another omnipotent power. Yeah, well, and you've got people who are very obviously driving that storyline, driving that narrative, who are themselves power hungry. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, look at these fucking evangelical leaders. Look yeah. at the people who are in charge of them. Now, I'm talking about the people who buy into it. I'm not talking about the people with their asses in the seats. I'm talking about the fucking, hey, you didn't hurt a brimstone and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Those motherfuckers. Yeah, to a person, no exceptions, to a person, they are hucksters and they are grifters and they are there to lie and they want power and they want money. money. So of course yeah. they're good allies. It's a great point. And you're right too that they don't just stop at the money because Jim Baker could easily stop at the money, mm -hmm. but he doesn't stop at the money and he nope. talks about how evil people are, how Donald Trump is anointed, not only because I think that it helps him get power for people that are, you know what I mean? Like yeah. maintain power over people.
but I also think that it helps him sell things too. Absolutely. And so there's like a, there's this weird sort of Ouroboros of yeah. all those, you know, it's a confluence of things that make it so that, that, that he is as evil as he is. Right. Right. And then all these other people, all these other evangelical leaders are the same way, but yeah, man, the Catholic church and fascism, they were like fucking, Peanut butter and chocolate. Yep, man. man. Peanut butter and chocolate. And the same thing happened in, in Spain all those years. You know, Catholic Church was, you know, Franco knew he could use them. And yep. so he did. And, and look at what they did. Look at the destruction of all, you know, I mean, how many families did they destroy? Yeah, I mean, it's thousands from, from yeah. and they don't even know. Like yeah. from the start, they don't even know, but it's thousands of thousands families. of families. Do you know what makes a human being decent? Fear. And therein lies the problem. None of you has anything left to fear anymore. You rest comfortably in seats of inscrutable power, hiding behind your false idol. Far from judgment, lives shrouded in secrecy, even from one another. But not from God. So this story comes from the Texas Tribune. Ted Cruz votes against bipartisan bill to prevent another January 6th. And Tom, I found this bill. Yep. And I figure we should probably just... You know, maybe just look at the bullet points of this. Sure, sure. So this is the Electoral Count Reform Act of 2022. And here are the key provisions. A single conclusive slate of electors includes a number of important reforms aimed at ensuring that Congress can identify a single conclusive slate of electors that from seems, each state. That seems uncontroversial. This seems, all of this seems yeah. uncontroversial. Identifies official to submit slate identifies each state's governor unless otherwise specified in the laws or constitution of a state in effect on election day as responsible for submitting the certificate of ascertainment identifying that state's electors. What is, what, what is wrong with that? Yeah, like, we should know. So what this says is, hey, we should know who those people are. So you've got to tell us. And here's who's got to tell us. Jesus, right? Dude. Provides for expedited judicial review. Provides for expedited review, including a three-judge panel with a direct appeal to the Supreme Court of certain claims related to a state's certificate identifying its electors. This accelerated process is available only for aggrieved presidential candidates and allows for challenges made under existing federal law and the Constitution to be resolved more quickly. That actually, doesn't that help Trump, isn't that like a plus for Trump in some ways? I would think so because he wants to get things up to the fucking Supreme yeah. Court as quickly as possible because right. they're his fucking boys. Because they're because he fucking he fucking dubbed a bunch of them. Right. Uh, modernized rules for counting electoral votes requires Congress to defer to slates of electors submitted by a state's executive pursuant to the judgment of states or federal courts. Role of the vice president. This is yeah, essential, this is, right? This is the essential. This part, is like right? a hope. Pence does yep. what he's supposed to do. Yeah, I'll be very disappointed. Some Love weird him, but we'll fucking hang him. guy from some weird college comes over and tells us some crazy corner case right. idea he has in his fedora and unmatching coat. <laughs> <laughs> Affirmatively states that the constitutional role of the vice president as the presiding officer of the Joint Meeting of Congress is solely ministerial. Jesus Christ. And that he or she does not have any power to solely determine, accept, reject, or otherwise adjudicate disputes. I think that that is, that feels like it's true now in the sense that they already tried to make him do this and everyone said he shouldn't. Yeah, and he even and said. And he it. even said he shouldn't. So it feels like it's already right. true. So like, why not just vote for it? Yeah, right. Yeah. You know? Well, because, because I think Ted Cruz and his fucking crazy contingent of fucking bag of asshole election fraud denying people. They're just contrarians, yeah. man. 
higher objection threshold raises the threshold to lodge an objection to electors to at least one-fifth of the duly chosen and sworn members of both the House of Representatives and the Senate. This change would reduce the likelihood of frivolous objections What's by the... ensuring that objections are broadly supported. So it's 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 <clears throat> four it's four hundred and thirty-eight people in in Congress. Is that what yeah. this? Mm -hmm. So so let me look here real quick. Well, four hundred and thirty-eight in the House, and not just in the House, but they're saying and one hundred in, the, in the House. Well, in the Senate, it's easy, right? Because you're right. saying one fifth. So they're saying it's both the House and the Senate. Is the way it's worded. Okay. So just it's just a fifth of five thirty-eight. So it'd be like 107. Okay. 107. So there would need to be 107 in both houses, which they did not have. I think there was 60 some the yeah, last right. time. So it'd be like, all right. So look, it'd be like, okay. It's a bunch of nutcases. You can still no. do it. It's still possible to lodge the objection. You just need more people than just what you had because it even wasn't even party lines last time. No. There right. was a bunch of people who were like, no, man, what the fuck yeah. are you talking about? It was, Republicans were like, what now? Yeah, it was like 7%. Yeah, it was a tiny It was like amount. nothing. It was a tiny was amount. Protection of each state's popular vote strikes a provision of an archaic 1845 law that could be used by state legislatures to override the popular vote in their states by declaring a failed election. Fucking A, does that need to be in there That's tomorrow? God. This is just like, look, if people show up and vote, we have to respect their vote. That's what all this means. It's gonna. That, it doesn't mean anything more than when the people show up and they cast their fucking vote, we will respect that vote. We won't choose different fucking weirdos that will thwart the will of the people. Yeah. We won't weirdly give the vice president undue latitude yep. to fucking change the election at the last possible minute. Instead, we will, in this representative democracy, allow for democracy to take place. And you know what's, what's awesome about this, what I love about this, is that this was in committee, this isn't going to get filibustered. Right. People on the that are Republican and Democrat. It was a it was a bipartisan bill, and it's got bipartisan support in the Senate. Yeah, this is going to happen. So it's going to go down, and this will pass. Hundred percent. They yep. tried to pass a more stringent law, I think, in the House, and they already did. But I think that one's going to get rejected for this one. I don't care. Dude, I don't Get either. Get something done. Yes. Make sure that we enshrine this process in law. And so the next fucking joker who gets in there and tries to strongman his way into the office yep. and tries to reject the American people's decision, they get fucking, they get tossed out on their ear. And look, man, you fucking Republicans want this too. You want that. I guarantee you want this. Because if you don't want this, then what you're saying is that in 2024, if the Democrats lose, you want Kamala Harris to be able to refuse to certify the vote and to throw the entire... That's what you're saying you want. Yeah. Procedurally and personally. Because guess what? It's never going to... You'll never yeah. get it again. Right. If that's what you want, then the people who are in power are we'll going to stay, stay there charge. until they die. Right. It's, it's fucking never, nuts. It's never going to be... So, you know, like, like, the thing is, is like, I would have hoped that there would be more support for this because even if you are one of these guys or gals that that just hates fucking democracy you know what i mean at least you would you would be wise enough to recognize that the people who are in power now are not you yeah right and so you want to make sure that you enshrine this shit in law now because if not they can do the same thing to you
that you tried to do last time. Yep. But instead, there's just this weird, like, Ted Cruz. Fucking discount diet watered down fucking Wolverine. He's fucking chubby fucking dad bod Wolverine. He's the worst. And he's always this doing this. He's doing this sort of, like you say, contrarian. But he's also sending a message, I think, that he still is a election denier. Absolutely is. Yeah. Right. And and that's a terrifying thing. This guy is this guy was steps away from the nomination. I yeah, man. Like there was a hot minute. Ted Cruz, someday someone will write the biography of Ted Cruz. And I will tell you what, it will be the most boring, sycophantic biography. And I will read the shit out of it. You know, I will read, I want to read the biography of a fucking space alien. I will say this. When you hold that book up, it's gonna be limp. Like it's just gonna be like, <laughs> it's only available in soft cover. It doesn't have any kind of spine. We tried printing it hardcover, but it wouldn't take. Exactly, man. My, that's exactly it, dude. He is. He's fucking he's trash. The worst. He's a fuck. He's, 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 he's absolute a fucking trash. Dude. He's garbage. He's the worst. Also, I just want everyone to take this moment to remember the time he tried to do Simpsons voices. Yeah, no, that's that's the thing. That's we should thing. always remember we that. We should always remember the time he said in the exact same voice, Simpsons lines. Yes, where he's like, now I will be Bart Simpson. I, Carumba. Now I will be Lisa Simpson. I do not like to eat meat. Yep. Now I'll be Maggie Simpson. Yeah. That's it. That's that it. was his fucking that's impressions. It. That's it. Now I'll be My Homer Simpson. Dough. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right, man. Now in the poem, what do they do? What do they do? They they dupe all these oysters into following them and then proceed to shuck and devour the helpless creatures en masse. Now, I don't know what that says to you, but to me, it says that following these fates based on mythological figures ensures the destruction of one's inner being. This is really something, man. We didn't this talk is, about this last we week. We didn't. We missed this last and week. And it's still happening. It's, still it's happening, blowing up, man. man. This is from the New York Times. Iran protests surge to dozens of cities. So this happened when, I don't know, a week, week and a half ago, um, a young woman was arrested uh, by the morality police in Tehran. Yeah. She was traveling with her family from the outskirts from somewhere that wasn't the capital. She was in Tehran. She was wearing her hijab, but some of her hair evidently had been poking out or whatever. Um, and the morality police stopped her and they took her in. And she died in custody. And photos were released of her bloodied face in a hospital bed. And, you know, they put some fucking bullshit story out like, oh, she had an underlying medical condition that made us beat her to death or whatever. And then Iran, who is like, and the, the entire country has essentially erupted. And they are in the streets and they are getting shot at, yeah. and they are getting beaten, yeah. and they are getting arrested, and they are still pouring out into the streets. Yeah. And it feels, it feels Arab Spring-esque. It does. And, you know, they, they were talking, too, about how there was a, you know, the, the Ayatollah has sort of handpicked his successor. And they're at this point basically being like, they don't want this sort of theocracy. Right. They don't want to be oppressed by this theocracy anymore. And, you know, some of the most inspiring shit is seeing these women who could die, die yes. who could die, walk up, take off their headscarf, mm -hmm. spin it around their head, and then throw it in the fire it's and walk away. Amazing. It's inspiring to watch because when you watch it, 
you know that person could be dead tomorrow because of what they're doing. And there's on the streets fighting between these two groups. They're being pushed back. They're pushing back. And it's it's a really tragic thing, but it's something that's been happening in that part of the world for a very long time. There's been this very hard line Islamic group of people who have held millions of people in check with their religion. Yep. Millions yep. of people. Subject, I mean, subjugated half their population for, you know, ever. Decades. For decades. 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 Not ever, because yep. the, like you see pictures of Iran before yep. the Islamic, you know, there was an Islamic fundamentalist in charge and mm -hmm. it's a very different picture. Yeah, right? totally different. Very different picture. I, I, you know, Tehran in the 1970s, yeah. in, the, in the early to mid-1970s, Tehran was a place, a thriving reasonably progressive place where women could go to university. They wore Western style dress. They had like bodily fucking sure. autonomy. Sure. They, you know, you cannot help but draw a parallel to the repressive state stealing women's yep. bodily yep. autonomy, yep. forcing them to lose control of their own bodies, whether it's a hijab in Iran or whether it's stripping women of their right to sure. choose in America. Yep. The roots of that oppression are religious. Yeah. They are a hundred percent. Look, there are, there are no secular groups in America trying to overturn Roe. That happened by religious fundamentalists, all religion. evangelical fucking weirdos. It's all religion. Pressuring yeah. and owning the right. There are, I mean, absolutely, there are people, I think, um, you know, few and far between, but I think I'm sure there's atheists right. that are that are that are anti-choicers. Right. Right. I'm sure there are. But I, I also recognize too that the main push of that, yeah, the main push of that, just like there's, just like there's anti-gay bigots that are atheists, hundred percent. But there's no lobbies of but, them, yeah, and, and there's, there's no, there's no organizational, yeah, exactly, yeah. you know, institutional yeah. lobbying, and there's no logic behind it, right? Right. The only, the, you know, I've got to believe in your magic sky fairy in order for me to be like, oh yeah. It's a magic moment when the conception happens. Yeah, right. And that's when life really starts. You see, that's when the little yeah. uterine fucking power wand is exactly. shaking it. Okay. Exactly. Right. But it but the thing is, is like if you're if you're a person who thinks science is real, suddenly you start having the conversations we do, which is like, okay, show me when it has brain activity. Right. And then let's talk. And then let's have the conversation. Yeah. But instead, it's like, you know, so so the person who's you might be an atheist or whatever, who's anti-choicer, he's just a liar. Right, or she's 100%. just a liar or whatever, almost certainly a he. He's just a liar. Um, you know, and, and it's interesting too that you talked about bodily autonomy too because, you know, I, we recognize in many Western countries that, you know, if someone wants to wear that headscarf, they can. Just right. wear it. Who cares? I don't care what you wear. Right. It's the enforcement of that. Yes. Which changes the whole the whole thing. I don't give a fuck right. what you wear religiously. Like, I don't fucking care. Wear what you want. You want to wear a colander on your head because you're a fucking noodlearian or whatever the fuck they call what Do they it, call man. them. Pastafarian. You want to wear all those little boxes yeah, and like fucking shake yourself at the wall? Yeah, I don't give a shit. Wear that shit. Whatever you want to wear, I don't give a fuck as long as I don't have to fuck it. As long as you don't make me wear it, right? And that's what's happening is they're making them wear it. Yeah, nothing that is compulsory is done by choice. Yeah, yeah. That's the nature of things which are compulsory. Yeah. If the police can arrest you and beat you and fucking send you to a re-education center because a lock of your hair mm -hmm. escaped from beneath your fucking prison scarf, that is a prison scarf. You can call it whatever you yeah, want. Right. You can say it has this 
like long-standing cultural tradition, fuck your cultural tradition. That's nonsense. If I have to wear it or some, I'm subject to beatings, yeah. and if I have to wear it or I'm subject to being stripped of my liberty, yeah. that's a fuck, that's prison garb. Yeah. Right, right. That's all that is. We talked about this last week about religious consent. There's no real consent here. We can't, you can't consent to do, if you can consent to do it in a perfectly free society, then yeah, but even still, even people over here. Right. There, there's probably there's a there's probably social family pressure. pressure. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. social pressure. Right. There's you know religious pressure. It's all that stuff. Traditional pressure. Yep. It's all that stuff that yeah. pressure. So there's it's not even a hundred percent consent here. Yeah. You you can't have something that is enforced by the community of your loved ones yeah. either. That is completely consent. You yeah. You just like. And I, but I, and I get the sort of larger argument that, yeah, like there's a lot of social contracts and a lot of social yeah, agreements. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But some of them are upheld at the point of violence. Yeah. And many of the religious prescriptions for women specifically, it's almost always for women, by the way, yeah, man. Yeah. Are, are with, are, yeah. are held up, are propped up with threats of and the perpetration of actual fucking violence. Yeah. And therein lies all the difference. Yeah, for sure. This story comes from Cape Cod Times. He thought there were migrants on the bus. Guard officer pursues, confronts senior citizens. Senior citizens. Oh. Citizens arrest! <laughs> senior citizens arrest! <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy is just a, he's a plain clothes fucking National Guard guy. Wait, aren't they who, all plain clothes? <laughs> yeah, but, but he wasn't even like... He wasn't even in like his BDUs or anything. No, yeah, he wasn't like in his like his weekend uniform. Right. Or those things are. Like he just chased down a God. bus and like scared everybody on it by like riding its ass and flashing his fucking high beams at it. And it's a bus full of fucking elderly people taking a tour of Cape Cod. Yeah, man. And and then he gets on the bus and he starts screaming about how you know, immigrants shouldn't be here if my my guy who I knew or my gal, whoever it was, I don't know, he never really right. says, in Afghanistan who I served with can't be here. You shouldn't be here. And they're like, we're all Americans, man. We're just old. Leave right. us alone. And then he, he, he apologizes and leaves the bus, but he flagged these people down. What is with this sort of entitlement to telling you what to do and stopping you? That seems to be, it's it seems to be a, recent phenomenon. Yeah, man. Where there's this group of people who feel like they have this sort of ability to stop you and ask you who you are and what you're doing and where are you going? And you're just like, who the fuck are you, man? You're a nobody. You're not a big, I don't even want to tell the police this stuff. Right. Right? I shouldn't have to tell the police this stuff. And instead, you're just some fucking rando who's got a bug up your ass who wants to fucking question random people yeah, because I don't even know why. It's yeah. just that there's a weird thing that's happening. It is. It's like it's it feels like there's this sort of like social contract vigilanteism right. going on. Yeah. But it's a contract. One, many of us did not sign exactly. the contract. We aren't all on the same page. We've all seen these videos now. Like. They're surfacing all over yeah. the place. And you're absolutely right. Like people will just like walk up to other people and be like, you shouldn't be doing the thing you're doing. And it's like, go lay down. 
Get the fuck out of here. Or they'll walk up to people and be like, you shouldn't be at this pool. And they'll be like, I fucking live here, man. And they'll be like, show me your license. Who the fuck are you? The pool police? Right. Go away, man. Lick I my cannot, ass till your tongue turns I brown, motherfucker. I imagine how more of these people don't wake up in a hospital bed. I, you know what I mean? Like, we're just like, the person slept them and then went back to swimming. I swear to God, man. Like... They're going to catch somebody on the wrong day. They are. They're going to catch they someone. What they're they they're going to catch somebody on the wrong yeah. day. What they catch now is there's this weird like TikTok thing that's happening yes. where people are filming it. And this guy was on live. One of the reasons why he, he went live. He went live. He like literally was like telling people, I'm, I'm stopping this busload of migrants going to Martha's Vineyard. I'm going to tell them what I think, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets on. The to what purpose? And that's the thing is like, First off, who are you? Right. You are a no one, man. Do you think that the bus drive? So even let's say the bus had been full of migrants. Yeah, exactly. What's your end game? Well, yes. <laughs> like, what's your like something, something profits? Yeah. What is happening here? You know, You're gonna get on the bus. You scared the shit. Let's say it was all migrants and they were all going to Cape Cod and you got on the bus and you're like, you shouldn't be here. Do you think they were all gonna be like, Great point? Yeah. And everybody gets off the bus and walks home to Ecuador? Exactly. <laughs> Holy shit. They'll get out. They're just like, what's the fastest way to Ecuador? How do I get there? They're on a bus. I'll just go south. I'll just head south. We're like the bus driver takes them somewhere. There's like a land bridge. (laughs) So I'll go south. What? Yeah, man. You know what happened? We stopped teaching penmanship in school. (laughs) And and now um, they don't know how to write their fucking senator. (laughs) And they fucking just, they don't. Like I wrote my senators recently. I Did wrote, you? Yeah, so um, there was this thing uh, called Title 42 where they were allowing, uh, Trump had put this rule in place during COVID. And it's this idea that because COVID, therefore no asylees. Yeah, I remember right? that. And yeah, so right. it's this It's this. Terrible- it was actually, wasn't it written because COVID, wink. Yeah, winky face, <laughs> no asylees. Yeah. Well, Biden was doing it. Yeah. And so- I was, I was, I, I found out about this through a guy I know. And he said, you know, that you, you can send a form letter. There's a form letter out there and you can just send it to your, to your representatives. I sent it to my, my personal state, not state representative, my, but my, my Illinois representative right. for my area, who's a Democrat. Um, and then uh, I also sent it to Duckworth and to Durbin. And I received emails back from all three. Did you really? I received emails back from all three that said, yes, we support this sort of thing. Right. And we want to make sure that it gets, and it did eventually get overturned. They did, they did eventually say, yeah, we're going to try to strike that down. But it was the, it was the constant sort of pressure that they've been yeah, under absolutely. for so long. And, and, but they sent me, they sent a message back, but it's funny. Cause you're just like, like, this is the sort of thing that you see happen if you think it's happening, right? And then you send your senator a message or you send a message to DeSantis and you say, I support you sending them up here to fucking own the libs or whatever. But instead, now it's like, I'm going to follow you around with a fucking phone. Right. Yeah, it's almost like, they took that, like, if you see something, say something message, like, way too much way of the heart. Seriously. And now it's like, if you see something, scream yeah, something. Scream something. If you see something, like, fucking screen cast something. Right, yes. Yeah. And, yeah. That's, and that's what it is. It's, it's weird and it's crazy. And there's so much entitlement from these people. They just, they just yeah. lose this entitlement. And you see it happen 
you know, all over the place where it's happening, you know, like I said, where there's like, I mean, that that whole situation with Ahmaud Arbery is one of these yes, moments. Yes, 100%. This is one of those yeah. moments, right? Where somebody takes it into their own hands and says, you don't belong here. I'm going to take this moment, you know, in my fucking whiteness to show you that you don't belong here. Right, yeah. And that's what's happening in, in all these places. And it's disgusting. It is. It's it's it is not any different than, than those assholes who like pointed guns at the fucking protesters walking down their street. Yeah, man. Fucking A. It's the same, same thing. Same thing, man. Same, same energy. Fucking, this is same all the same energy, energy, buddy. Yep. Christ didn't come to earth to give us the willies. He came to help us out. He was a booster. And it's with that take on our Lord in mind that we've come up with a new, more inspiring sigil. So it is with great pleasure that I present you with the first of many revamps the Catholicism Wow campaign will unveil over the next year. I give you... The Buddy Christ. This story comes from the Daily Beast. And see, so I'm just going to read big chunks of this yeah, story. Because it's it. just, it's yeah. just, why summarize it? Students say they were duped into attending twisted religious event. Is this it? Is this a picture of the event? I think so, man. Wow. It's fucking huge. That's a lot of people. It's a big fucking event, guys. It's a big, it's, big Is it happening event. at like a church? Yeah, it's happening at a church. So let me, let me read some of this article to you guys. The East Baton Rouge school system in Louisiana has been accused of tricking hundreds of high school seniors into attending a religious event this week disguised as a college and career fair. After students arrived at the venue, a church called the Living Faith Christian Center, they say they found something much different than a career fair called the Day of Hope. While several colleges did have a presence at the event, students said the emphasis appeared to be on something else entirely. The pupils were reportedly separated into two groups by gender. Huh. Just like you do at a college yeah, fair. That's exactly what you do at every normal college, college fair. fair stuff. That's a normal college fair. Forced to register to vote in order to obtain the promoted free food and listen to speakers share disturbing stories of rape, suicide, and abstinence. What now? This story is so nuts, that man. That feels like no college fair I've ever been to. I, man, have you ever gone to college fairs? I work in higher ed, Tom. I, You've I'm been to a million college fairs college all the time. Yeah. yeah. How many of them segregate the students by gender, force them to vote, and then shit chat with them about rape? It feels really weird. Man. That's a really weird that college feels fair. Really, it feels like it feels like after those three things, you should wind up in a bunker somewhere. The, after after <laughs> those three things, the only colleges should be representatives of Liberty University. Liberty University. Exactly. <laughs> you get a Wait. free hoodie. You know I mean? yeah, right. Or maybe BYU. You could yeah. have two. You have yeah, two choices. True. BYU or Liberty. You, yeah, you can either go get flown out to BYU or you wind up on the on the uh, Falwell's boat. It's right, one yeah. Or the other. One or the other. Yeah, yeah it depends other. on yeah. whether his wife takes a fancy to you. <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't need the sweatshirt, honey. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Uh, the pupils were reportedly separated. Blah, blah, blah. One teacher claimed in a Facebook post that some transgender students were bullied by their peers at the oh, event. Gross. So there's that. Now a group called Day of Nope is seeking to file a lawsuit over the episode and asking attendees to share their experiences via a new website. Quote, this is supposed to be a college fair, but the girls were talked to about abstinence, bullying, and death. And the guys played games, one student told ABC affiliate WBRZ. Yeah, they talk about the dudes. Oh, you said yeah. the next line, yeah. So said, Boys were encouraged to perform macho acts while the girls were asked to forgive, were advised to forgive men who rape and assault them, okay. says a go fun. Okay. What the fuck? Wow. What the fuck? Wow. That is... This is loving the bad man in this really corner. genuinely is. And ping-ponging the other but corner? But it, seriously, it's loving the bad man and then, like, show us how bad you are. Right. That's basically yeah. what the dudes do. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's like, 
we're going to prep these guys to rape and we're going to prep these to forgive to, them yeah, for to raping. Accept that in reality. Also, yeah. we are a divine moral authority crazy. at your college What's fair. So crazy too is like, is like, you know, we talked about the horrors that come about because of the church and, you know, it, it's not just little kids, right? You know? No. And, yeah. it's, and it's not just priests that do this sort of thing. It's, it's followers of those religions getting forgiven for doing, you know, date rape in college or, you know, regular rape in college. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's plenty of followers out there that have done something horrible and then they get forgiven because of it. And it's giving those people the, um, you know, I don't want to say the excuse, but it gives them an out. It does. And, you know, one of the things too that is particularly pernicious about all this is the, it's it, even when the church or no member of the church is involved in any of these sexual abuses, it is the mindset that they cultivate in young people that makes pursuing justice for these young ladies when they yeah, are right, abused right. nearly impossible because they create this sort of social moral expectation that they should be forgiving yeah, yeah. their fucking abuser. Mm -hmm. They create a social moral expectation that they uh, are somehow complicit yeah. in their own abuse. Yeah, so they, they prime that pump. They intellectually, morally, and emotionally prime that pump for young people from a very early age. And what that does is it just gives cover for abusers. Yeah. So abusers aren't caught. So the abusers go on and abuse other people and become serial abusers. And the, the fucking list of victims racks up. And this is how, like, patriarchal systems, like, yeah. stack up their fucking body count. Yeah, and how, they, and how they continue on and on and on and on. And they're reinforced in every system. And yep. this is one of those systems that reinforces it. This is a terrible article. Basically, the guys go over and do clapping push-ups. Right. And they count how many they do and they cheer each other on and jerk each other off in a big circle jerk or something. Right. And then they basically make the girls sit in a big circle and cry with each other. Yeah. And, so weird. And like then, Handmaid's Tale, yeah, man. And then they said, they said at one point, there's somebody in this, in this article, I think that didn't identify. They were non-binary. Yeah. They didn't identify and they just, they, they felt like if they were to go with the boys... Because they didn't identify either, and they tried right. to split them by gender, but they said if they decided which gender to go to, they they might have been made fun of. So instead, they stayed with the girls, and so they sat and listened to this whole spiel. And then at the end, they said, "You can either get pizza or something else." And the and and the non-binary person was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna go. Yeah, like, like, I just I, quit. Yeah. I'm done. I you quit. know it's funny. I lost my fucking appetite. Yeah, I, I, I fucking peace out of here. I'm out. Right. And they just left." So I want to read a little bit about you know, one of the crazy fucking stories that, that was relayed to these young ladies. So the second speaker was involved in the education sector in some way and talked about how a guy she met on a dating app ended up attempting to kill her by strangling her. The woman allegedly told the students that she kept their romance secret so no one would know if he did murder her. She used this to ultimately make the argument that if someone needs to be kept secret, then it shouldn't be happening at all. And after this warning about domestic violence, the woman also emphasized that if she had waited for the man God meant for her, then it wouldn't have happened. And she uses this to essentially what? shame the concept of dating around and took a soulmate-esque approach to the situation. Then she explains that she had forgiven her ex-boyfriend for his attempted murder, even if he wasn't sorry. What the fuck well, kind of moral messaging is this? It doesn't, it doesn't even make any sense, but then like, like what happens if you think because that the way they're they're putting it off is the way they're saying it is like you're waiting for your soulmate. But what if you think your soulmate 
is the guy who beats you up. Well, we are like, how are you supposed to find your soulmate without dating people? Man. What, how, like literally, like what's the how on that? I don't know, bro. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's so many people though that, that like, this is the first time they've ever really been with somebody or this right. is the first time they've ever seen anybody. I mean, like, I, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like, I don't get it. I, I would imagine that you would want to, you would want to experience being around someone. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got to experience being around them before you like go in full with yep. your finances and your life and your, yeah. your family's intertwined. I mean, I couldn't imagine. Like soulmate is nonsense, but like the, like the idea that like you would only have an extraordinarily serious relationship or no relationship at all. Yeah. That is like unhealthy as fuck, man. Like you can't, you can't get to know yourself yeah. in a relationship. There's no space yeah. for anything other than the most serious possible relationship. I, I can't what? imagine. I, and I know that this is reinforced through religion all the time of that, like sort of like, like the woman has to save herself to marriage. They don't talk about that about a dude, but they, you know, they say like the woman has to save herself for marriage. And, you know, she basically marries the first guy essentially that she dates, right. you know? And that's, that's crazy to me. But, it, and, and, you know, you wonder why the divorce rate was so high, you know, coming out of a religious yeah. time in our country. You know, you wonder why it was so right. high. You're like, of course it was going to be high. You just married somebody you didn't even know, basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. You and you're somebody to fuck. That's it. Cause you were just like, I gotta do something gotta here. Do, well, fucking please. Yep. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's crazy to me. And it, yeah, what's, what's crazier though, I guess, is that before, people felt more free to divorce. There were just super shitty marriages just for- like tons of them. And that's and that also too sort of plays with the sort of jokes of the day where the take my wife please kind of thing. Sure. You know what I mean? That sort of well, plays into it. You and, know? Those, and those tropes, those tropes become these sort of toxic cultural expectations that they then have generational consequences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, and it, it's it basically it's a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It is. It's yeah. a vicious cycle. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's just insane. Just be happy in a relationship. Man. That's it. And just like just be fucking happy. Figure out who you are. Yeah. Like I can't imagine I I can't imagine being like, "Oh man, the only relationship you get to have is the one relationship." That's yeah. it. Yeah. So you better get it right accidentally the first time. Jesus, too. Otherwise, Jesus, you're man. fucking, that's it. Every, yeah. The stakes are so high. How high are those stakes? And, you know, there's so many like cringy and weird shit you do like when you're younger versus and you don't when know you're anything. older and you don't know anything. And so, yeah, I couldn't, could, I think about like my first relationship or maybe my second relationship and how weird it was and how awkward I was and how, and I think, what if that was the person I married? And I'm right, like yeah, horrified right. thinking about it. I'm just <laughs> genuinely horrified thinking about it. Sweet Jesus, do you have to use the whole can? Who the fuck are you? What the fuck are you doing in my room? I'm the one that soaks it. She's the one that's surly and that's rich. Stop fucking crying. Get the fuck out of here, now! Or you do what exactly? Hit me with that fish. So Cecil, I grabbed this story because this reads just like a modern Crusades. Yeah, yeah, This sure. I read this and I'm like, this is the fucking Crusades. This comes from news.com.au. Unsettling to promise to Russians who fight against Ukraine. The head of the Russian Orthodox Church, a Vladimir Putin ally, has made a bold speech as the country recruits new soldiers. So let me read from his speech. 
Many are dying in the fields of internecine warfare. The church prays this battle. Oops, sorry. That's okay. Oh, hold on. We got to talk about his hat. Hold on, Tom. Look Cecil. at this guy. Is there anything more important than this man's hat? Look at hat? this guy. Come There's nothing more now. important than All this right, man's so hat. You, you folks that don't know, you can't see this. The people on YouTube can see this. Vladimir <gasps> the Putin, hat gets better as you look at it. Vladimir Putin is talking to a guy in a white hat that has like a clan hood attached to it. It's kind of got its own little like clan hood. It also looks like and it has a German like a, World War One spike like on a it. Spike on it, and then it also has some sort of gold emblem with a with a lady's face, face in it. Maybe the mother, or the Virgin Mother, on it. I don't know. And the dude, the dude genuinely looks like Santa Claus. Yeah, the, there's nothing weirder in the entire world, guys, than this hat. If he was wearing all red, yeah, you would immediately you wouldn't think Cardinal. You'd think Santa. You would. You'd think Santa. You would. You would. You'd think World War One Santa. <laughs> <laughs> who? I gotta, like, I just, who fucking designs these costumes for these religious it's, nuts? It's fucking old timey times, dude. That's what it all is. Well, it's, all it's like Amish, though. Like, at what point do you just say, like, that's it forever? Like, this there is was, our design choice this is forever. It. Yeah. I like, no know, zippers. Man. Fuck it. I don't know, man. It's crazy. Anyway. All right. So he said, many are dying in the fields of internecine warfare. The church prays that this battle will end as quickly as possible, that as few brothers as possible will kill each other in this fratricidal war. And at the same time, the church is aware that if someone, moved by a sense of duty, by the need to fulfill his oath, remains faithful to his calling and dies in the performance of his military duty, he is undoubtedly committing an act tantamount to sacrifice. He sacrifices himself for others, and so we believe that this sacrifice washes away all the sins one has committed— Basically, if you are a soldier fighting for Russia, you go to heaven. Yeah. It's the indulgence period of the church. Yeah, it's this crusade. Yeah, it's the indulgence period. It's when they when they handed right. those out to the people who were going on crusades. Yeah. And they could say, you know what? You get this thing, you just get like a fucking you get the fast pass in heaven. That's it, right? You yeah. Don't have to wait for the line at Harry Potter. You can just go right in. <laughs> just go right in. Go Walk right past in. all the poor Walk people. Past all the standing people there like standing chumps. There. God, just walk right past them. You know what? You can pee on right one in. of them. You can you actually, just, you get to pee on one of them. You can slap one. <laughs> you can steal one of their babies if you're a nun. <laughs> if you're a nun. <laughs> but anyway, this is crazy to me. And this is, this is uh, an ally of Putin yep. who clearly knows that Putin is, is in this, in this point right now is really does not have the people behind him. No. Has a group of people that they just called up that are like shattering their own legs. I don't know if you've seen this. I've seen this, like yeah. Breaking their own legs. Yep, to knock up. Breaking their arms. They're fleeing the country. Yeah. They do not want to get called up. And this is a way to, I guess in some way, try to coerce the faithful. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And it's that this is an ally who's just trying to help put ranks behind these this this war. We talked earlier in this episode about how easy it is for authoritarians to find ready allies with their church. Yep. Yep. And once again, like what are we looking at? We're looking at the fucking Russian Orthodox Church. Immediately they're again, they're the fucking moral authority, right? That's yeah. that's what they would tell you. Yeah. Is they're the church. They're the fucking moral authority. And their advice here is hey, if you want to go to heaven, 
Why don't you swing by and kill some Ukrainians on your way? Yeah, man. Holy shit, yeah, really? Man. Yeah, man. Holy shit. Yeah, and 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 that war is not going well for him. And he mentioned no. this week, like nuclear weapons, yeah, and like there's a back and forth that's happening. He has lost so much face, and the their army has really lost so much of its of its hype. Yeah, uh, it's know? a paper tiger. And 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 they've shown time and time again all the like, and and I think that there might be some disinformation out there too that's helping with that, you know, where the, the Ukrainian government might be making videos sure. to make it look Absolutely as if they they're more yeah. incompetent than they might be too, because it it makes, the, it demoralizes their own side for them, right. that other side so much. So it's just, it's, it's really bad. It's it really is. bad. And they've been losing badly. They've been losing badly. And in, Nobody expected this thing to last longer than a week or two. No, we thought it was going to be over. In the the a contemporary days. wisdom was that in a week or two, the, the contemporary wisdom held that Russia, within a handful of days, if not hours, would have air superiority. They would establish that within moments, essentially, of launching this war, and that this thing would be over and they'd seize Kiev in a week or two. And like that was like all the analysis that you read yeah. in the beginning of this thing. Now, here we are months and months and months later, and the Ukrainians are regaining territory. And yeah, I, I there was a great piece in the Times last night that I read that was transcripts of intercepted phone calls from Russian soldiers. This. Did you I read this? this? Yeah, I, I watched the videos. Where okay. They, they played they played it, and then they they did a translation on the screen. Okay, yeah, I just read and it. And so yeah. what, what they're talking about, they're calling him an idiot. They're yeah. calling him a fool. And they're, they're just like, we're losing so badly. They're like, fucking a third of my regiment is dead. We've lost our commander. Yeah. These are the, these are, I, I, I do think that the Times reporting has been excellent on the Russia-Ukraine situation. Yeah. So I, I do give that some credence. So yeah, it's going fucking poorly. So what does he do? Like Putin turns to his fucking religious ally and it's like, hey, give him all the fucking indulgence. Yeah. Yeah. Give him all the fucking indulgence. Let's stock the crusades. Yeah. Whatever you can do. And then we'll get him to swing over. Whatever you can do. And conquer yeah. that territory. And, you know, with the crusade idea too, you know, what does it say about your opponent? What does it say yeah, about the people right. who you're dehumanizing the people who you're going after? You're saying those aren't humans. Those are evil people. Those are people God hates. It's okay to kill them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this has a double, double use. Oh yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a terrible shitty thing. But again, it's, you know, it's like we said earlier, you know, you can count on religion to do something like hundred percent, man. Yeah. They're like, it's like they're fucking just waiting to be asked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, waiting it's, to do horrible shit. They're waiting on just, the sidelines. Guys, just yeah. ask me. Yeah. Just ask me. Please, look, I've got, I'm in my dress. I've already bought my own corsage. Yeah, just fucking ask and I'm all yours. Yeah, man. It's terrible. So we'd like to thank our patrons. Of course, we'd like to thank all our patrons. We'd like to thank our newest patrons, Bradley, Julie, and Viotic. Thank you so much for your generous donations. You guys are the reason Glory Hole Studios exists. You guys pay salaries with your, with your donations. Um, the money that you give us um, we uh, allows Tom and I to uh, to not do all the work associated right. with the podcast. And it allows us to uh, not only continue on with our regular lives, but also be, it gives us time to be creators rather than people who are like administrators. So we can't thank you enough for that. Yeah, you guys really help keep this show running. Like it's, it'd be impossible to do this show at the same level, holding day jobs without help. 
Without you guys as patrons, we'd be screwed. We would not be able to keep doing this. So we really thank you. If you're not a patron and you're listening to the show and you're thinking about becoming a patron, you can head over to patreon.com slash dissonance pod and become a patron. And we'd be very grateful to see you. We got an image from Seth now. This last week on our stream, we watched uh, we watched an Alex Jones long piece and we talked about it. Um, it was an interview by someone who basically just interviews him and lets him talk. Right. And uh, Alex Jones is a horrible person. But at a certain point, Alex Jones refers to himself as the marshmallow man and Seth quickly, while he was watching the stream, quickly... Uh, photoshopped uh, Alex Jones as the Marshmallow Man, so we're gonna sh- we're gonna put it on this week's show. And a fine job, fine you job, did. fine job. Nice quick turnaround on that. Got a message. Um, you know, we get this all the time. This person didn't leave their name, but they said Q QAnon has come up quite a bit on the show. And uh, I'm thinking the guys from QAnon Anonymous on your podcast would make a great guest. Um, we are we have tried to reach out to them multiple times, and we've never received any messages back. If anybody has an in on our audience. Like, help us out. Help us out. Like, see if you can get them to come on our show. Send them a message and say, hey, you should go on the Cognitive Dissonance podcast. Send them an email. That's literally how we got in touch with Dan and Jordan. Right. Some people on our audience sent them a message and said, you should reach out to Cognitive Dissonance. They would love to have you on their show. And they did. And then we've suddenly become friends friends with them since then. So we're happy to have them on our show. We would love it. We've reached out to them. We haven't received a response. If you're a fan of their show, email them. Say, hey, this Cognitive Distance podcast is a fun podcast. They're funny guys. They'd love to have you on the show. So, and maybe we can make it happen. Anyone that can handshake us, we'd be grateful. We'd be grateful for sure. We got a message, Tom. So let me play this message. This is from Rob. Hey, this is Rob from Columbus. Love the show. You guys were talking about the tradition of asking for the father's hand in marriage and how barbaric and and awful it is. I agree. It's completely ridiculous. When I asked, you know, my father's a little bit on the, or my, sorry, my father-in-law is a little bit on the conservative side. So when I asked for my wife's hand in marriage, I, uh, I asked for a hundred heads of cattle as well. Um, he agreed and we are now married. We've been married for about five years, but I, I never got my heads of cattle and, uh, you know, well, be that as it may, I love the show. Thanks for uh, listening. Well, I, you know what I would say is, you know, you definitely got the milk for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever happened to a dowry? I know, you know? right? Jesus. <laughs> I'm owed. I uh, yeah, right. <laughs> we got a message. Uh, this person didn't sign it, but they said, I think, uh, you know, for someone who believes in end time beliefs, uh, Lauren Boebert certainly does have a lot of investments and then they show, they send a link where there's just a ton of stock trades and things. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. What you saving for there, Lauren? Yeah, right. If, if anything, it should all be in fucking, uh, baker buckets or right, whatever, yes. right? Like that's what yeah. your 401k fucking should be. Junk prepper meals. Yeah, exactly. Jay sent in a message cause we were talking about, uh, a guy powering a power plant with just like his big thighs. Right. So he sent in a message. And it's a guy powering a fucking station with a stationary bike powering a toaster time. We watched this. This guy's getting 700 watts out of this fucking, this, this stationary, this stationary bike. bike. And his legs are as big as a fucking, they're, they're they, seriously, they are seriously as big as like a honey ham. Yeah. He, they said in the beginning of the thing, he's got 74 centimeter thighs. This guy is fucking enormous. 
He hit 700 watts on this thing for about a little less than 90 seconds. Yeah, like 90 seconds. To make some yeah, toast. Yeah, and it's and it's unreal. He is dying. Yeah. He is dying. And this is a guy who's made to fucking like drive Do a bike. This. Like yeah, the right. bike is his thing. Yeah, yeah, and clearly. And it is 700 watts on this thing is so it's hard. It's enormous amount so of energy. So hard for him to get this energy to do this. It's actually really funny to see. So anyway, we're going to put it on this week's show notes to check out this video that uh, Jay sent it. All right, that is going to wrap it up for this week. We are going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information, and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.